up. It's time for That's How I Roll with Jeremiah Isley, a podcast about the games we play and the lives we live. That's How I Roll is presented by Theology of Games. Visit theologyofgames.com for the latest in tabletop gaming, news, reviews, and interviews. And now, here's Jeremiah. Hey, welcome everybody to episode 37. It's a con. This is That's How I Roll, and I'm Jeremiah Isley, your host for today and pretty much every day. Let's get to today's roadmap. We're going we're gonna to take a look at what's good in the neighborhood. We're going to swing by the corner of topic and conversation. Hopefully you'll join in on that conversation. I'm going to do a drive-by review of Dungeon Raiders by Devere Games, and it's back. That's right. We're going to jump on the feedback loop. So we got a lot to get to today, so let's get started. So what's good in the neighborhood? I'll tell you what's good. My games are unpacked. That's right. I recently moved over the last, I don't know, a handful of months here. Life is just a crazy blur right now because, um, you know, we had a kid, we moved, we... I don't know. Life is just nuts, right? So um, the good news is, is the one room that was in our basement that we planned on using as an office, we're still kind of going forward with that for right now. And I am recording in this newly laid out office uh, with a new uh, desk, new computer, new software. And I've got uh, several bookshelves surrounding me that are filled to the max. Well, almost to the max with all of my games that were packed up and put into storage. Um, I had a, a good selection that I had out that I kept out so I could still catch up on reviews and things like that. But I had a lot of games that were in storage and my buddy came over a few days ago and we moved all the bookshelves in, the desks in and started unpacking. And it was seven boxes later Everything is is out, and uh, we had a moment of <laughs> being scared there because, like all of my really good games, I could not find. I didn't know where they were and what was going on, and it turns out that I had them in a separate location because I remember sort of doing this now. Like I remember going, "Oh, these are the good games. I'm moving these last. I want to keep them out as long as I can, so I'll put them in the garage because that's we're gonna get to that stuff really quick." Apparently, I completely forgot that line of thinking. <laughs> there was just a slight moment of panic when I wasn't sure where those games were. But all is good. The games are good. They're all unpacked, undamaged, and uh, my shelves look glorious. I posted a picture of the finished uh, unpacking on Instagram. So you can head over to our Instagram account and check that out. It's pretty exciting, if I do say so myself. Welcome to the corner of thought and conversation. Which way will you turn? Why not hang a right and join in on the conversation by tweeting at Theology of Games or sending an email to theologyofgames at gmail.com. So today's topic is today's uh, name of the episode. It's con. Con! Not that kind of con. I want to talk about gaming cons. It's coming up. Summer is soon upon us. It's we're rolling right through April here, heading into May, and before you know it, it's con season. Origins, Gen Con, uh, BGG Con, 
all those cons are coming up. And uh, I want to just chat about that. I have been to two different cons in my life. I've been to Origins. This year is going to be, uh, I want to say my eighth time, eighth or ninth time, somewhere in there. I've been to Origins a ton. I live two hours from Columbus, which is great. And um, I'm able to get down there, even if it's just for a day. Usually it is just for a day. Lately, I've been going and staying overnight, getting two days in, which is really great. Origins is an awesome con. It's a bigger, it's one of the bigger ones. It's not anywhere near the size of Gen Con, but it is, it's big enough that you will definitely get your gaming fix. So I enjoy it. I've been to Gen Con once. It's a bit of a more of a drive. It's harder to pull off. Uh, I, I really hope to make it out there again because it is quite outstanding. You know, we'll see what happens with that. Hopefully in the next year or two here, I'll make my return. I don't really see it happening this year just with, you know, like I said, everything that's gone on uh, the past year. Uh, getting Making a, a huge trip out for a couple, two, three, four days just uh doesn't seem seem feasible at the at the moment but we'll see so i want to throw this out here this is where the topic becomes not just the topic that i talk about but the conversation that we engage in so what is your favorite con or cons do you have more than one con you go to a year i'm intrigued there's a ton of smaller cons kind of popping out you know these grassroots kind of uh, cons that people go hang out at and for some reason i always find out about them a little too late and i'm like oh i would have loved to have gone there and, and write it up and cover it on the podcast and things like that you know let me know where are those small cons that you're going to that you're doing you know people are kind of going to like little conference rooms or conference centers in hotels or things like that and putting together these sort of uh grassroots cons i guess uh, i know the akron public library has i think they call it like geek day or something like that where it's not necessarily just a gaming con but it's sort of a a comic con kind of situation they've got a nice size auditorium so they show movies there they have different vendors different comic shops from the area come out so it's kind of a really cool thing i, I stumbled upon it one year i didn't even realize it was happening and I, i'm not sure they're doing it every year but it was it was a cool thing you know it was just local people doing something to kind of support their hobby and the the entertainment and culture that they enjoy so let me know what you think i i want to hear you know what's your your favorite con your big ones that you like to go to great con stories that you might have and uh also plug those little cons maybe you're you're one of the planners of the smaller cons that are are hitting out there Hit me up with that. I want to hear all about it, and let's chat. Cool? Whoa! Hey, everyone, look! It's time for another drive-by review. All right. Today's drive-by review is of Dungeon Raiders. Dungeon Raiders is a semi-co-op dungeon crawl backstabby fun little uh i want to say i almost want to say social deduction but you'll you'll kind of get where i'm coming from with that as i describe the game so you set up a dungeon that you and your friends are going to go through the game plays two to five players 
it takes maybe 20 minutes, 25 minutes. It's definitely that filler length kind of uh, game. And so you set up these these uh, dungeon levels. Basically, you take a stack of cards. You follow the setup rules. Some of those cards will be shuffled face up and face down, and you kind of mix them all up. And then you deal out five underneath these door cards for each level of the dungeon. So as you open that door, you deal out, you kind of lay out those five cards that are underneath it. You'll have those five cards under each dungeon level door, and you'll deal out those five cards as you progress through the levels of the dungeon. So some rooms will come out face up, some will come out face down. And as you you encounter each room, everybody has to kind of chip in to get past that room. But how you play uh, your cards and how you, you chip in, how you contribute, definitely affects yourself and the other players around. So as you face different types of rooms, so the one of the most, I guess, common ones is the monster rooms. It'll have a certain amount of hit points that you have to put on it. So each player has an identical set of power cards. They're just numbered one through five. That's all they are. Uh, but so you might encounter a monster that, it, you know, needs 18 hit points to defeat it. Now, everybody's got to contribute a card to that room to try to defeat that monster. And if you don't defeat that monster, so you hit it for 17, whoever played the lowest card, whoever contributed the least, is the one who's going to take the damage from that monster. So that is a very, a very tricky thing to maneuver because you immediately start finding people that are going to go, okay, well, we need 18 and there's four of us. And, you know, they start doing the math. Okay, if we all play fours, then, hey, I think we're good. Or, you know, the two of us have to play fives and two of us have to play fours and then then we're good. So, because yeah, that's, that's math. <laughs> um, so immediately people are like, oh, well, I'll put in a five, but they're not really putting in a five. Or, you know, there's, there's all this kind of backwards, back look, you know, sideways staring at each other and trying to figure out who's actually going to do what they're do, saying they're going to do and contribute what they're going to saying they're going to contribute. And you want to try to get away with maybe not defeating that monster but you don't want to be the, the one that's getting the damage from that. And as it plays out, everybody can keep track of who's played what and what cards they have left. Now, there are some item cards that come into play that you'll put into your hand. Those will factor into that too because you they might be playing an item that allows them to see what everybody else played before they played theirs. Or uh, it might be an item that just contributes an automatic five to a monster room or a treasure room or things like that. So uh, there's a lot of kind of deduction and trying to track what people are doing. And um, basically, you, once you get through all five levels of the dungeon, if you survive, you add up who has the most amount of gold and that person wins. So that's that's the game. You know, it's it's typical dungeon crawl. You get you're going for loot, you're trying to stab your friends in the back and get out with the most loot and survive. So here's here's my my take on this game. It's great. <laughs> I had so much fun with it. We've played with four, we've played with five. I, I really think the more you play with the better. 
It is a ton of fun. It's so highly interactive with everybody. I've played with my family. I've played with uh, friends who are not gamers. I've played with friends who are deep, deep gamers. It works on every level. It is really, really good. My only place I see room for improvement is with some of the components. The components are just, they're sufficient, they're fine. There are some little red cubes that, there's some little red cubes that you get for, uh, for hit points. But your gold tracker is like a card that you put on top of another card and you kind of slide it and it's easy to bump and forget what you had or accuse somebody of cheating or something like that. So if you have your own coins or your own uh, cubes or something that you can bust out and use for money, probably a better way to go with this one. But aside from that, the gameplay is just fantastic. It's always randomized, it's always different. Sometimes you see a lot of what's coming ahead of you on a level and there's like vault rooms that you can go into. Those vault rooms might come early and you just stock up on items and things you need and it makes it easier. And sometimes the vault rooms come really, really late and sometimes they're too little too late. So it's just, it's a lot of fun. You really feel super awesome tension with this game. And it's, I mean, it's the kind of game that gives you trust issues with the people you're playing with because everybody is out to do what's best for them and just squeak by enough to survive, but not necessarily defeat all the traps and all the monsters and everything that you face. So I absolutely love this game. I think you will too. I promise you add this to your collection and you won't, won't be disappointed. It's time for the feedback loop. Get in on the conversation by tweeting the show at Theology of Games or emailing theologyofgames at gmail.com. It's back. The feedback loop is back. So a few episodes ago, I talked about uh, the Instagram, I guess you want to say, if you want to say controversy that was happening on our Instagram page with some Netrunner cards that I had posted and was trying to have some fun with that and get people to, you know, like the, like a post that I posted. And then I would flip over cards and reveal them. And anyway, so I thought it was fun. I thought we'd have a good time with it. Uh, apparently there were some people who were pretty noisy about the fact that they did not like that. They thought it was in bad taste. They thought it was um, not acceptable for somebody to ask for likes in order to show cards. Whatever their reasons were, there was there was some back and forth. And, you know, we talked, uh, I talked with some folks on Instagram with it and Twitter and so forth and so on. And a couple emails and some text messages and so forth. And I'll, I'm just going to read some responses here and I'll respond a little bit more. But honestly, beyond this, I'm ready to kind of put this to rest and hopefully we can start a new conversation about something more fun and something that we can all enjoy. <laughs> and uh, and like I said, just kind of move on with that. So uh, Brian said, by the way, just finished the episode. You are the worst human being of all time. Okay, not really. I personally think that what you did was an awesome idea and people are online are weird you can quote me if you'd like 
LOL. So, yeah, you know, um, I think some people were super outraged, which I think might have been a little over the top. I could see if you... Uh, I'll, I'll listen to your argument if you're like, hey, I, that wasn't so cool, but, you know, just... I'm not I'm not down with it. All right, I'll listen to that. Uh, if you want to be super outraged about it, man, just it's it's the internet. It's Instagram. Uh, I'm just asking you to double tap the thing that you're staring at. You know, like I immediately posted um, posted the pictures that I was going to post anyway, and because again, it's not a big deal. Like if people are going to freak out about it. I'm not going to dig my heels in and be a jerk and it, whatever. Like it's pictures of cards on the internet. All right. So cool. Anyway, at Medina makes games. Uh, we actually had a, a pretty long uh, Twitter conversation. He asked for a link for to that, to the post, but he found it. And his initial comment towards me was found it. I agree. It was borderline bad taste though. You didn't intend it that way. It comes off cheap and lazy. Um, and we talked about it some, and he made some good points about, uh, just kind of being ham fisted about how I was going about trying to get interaction. And I'll, I'll freely admit that. Was it the most creative way to get, um, interaction and, and start up conversation and, and whatnot? Uh, probably not. I probably could have gone a, a different way. I've thought of like, oh, maybe if I, uh, Maybe I just voted on, you know, had people vote like which ones they wanted to see first or something like that instead of kind of putting stretch goals on it, which was kind of my original thinking I was like, hey, it's just like Kickstarter. It's a, it's a stretch goal I'm working on. So that was kind of where I was with that. I, I, I think maybe there's probably a, a better way that I could have gone about it. Maybe I'll try some of those ways again. Maybe I won't. But that is that's the way of the internet so the last comment i'll read on this is from at sean mccoy by the way he's the sean mccoy of tuesday night games so i do know him he's a good guy we've chatted a lot over the last few years but um he was kind of tongue-in-cheek saying that he said uh my favorite part was when you revealed the cards they got less likes than the initial post to at the point of where I'm recording this now, the original post that everybody was very up in arms about uh, has over 100 likes. The post that I revealed all four cards in has 50. So it is literally two to one. People are liking the post that was outrageous uh, uh, rather than just the images of the cards themselves. So take that for what it's worth. Here's my final take on this whole thing, and maybe you'll agree, maybe you won't. I, I've already apologized, you know, profusely apologized that if this was in bad taste, that was not my intention, and I, have, I apologize if I offended you for any reason um, that I may or may not understand. And I truly don't know that I will completely understand uh, the outrage at this. What I won't apologize for is trying to be creative, trying to take uh, chances and opportunities to to grow Theology of Games' reach, to grow this podcast's reach, because that benefits everybody. That benefits the publishers we work for, or, or not work for, but work with. 
uh, that benefits you, the listeners, the readers, and that benefits ourselves. Um, but honestly, us, you know, Theology of Games is, is third on that list. The bigger our reach is, the better that is for the publishers because when they send us materials to to review or to whatever, they're getting more impact for what you know for the the game they send us. Uh, it impacts you, the listeners and the readers, more because we're more likely to get advanced looks and bigger titles and. Uh, you know, advanced information and press releases because our reach is bigger and bigger. So, um, and we just get to have the fun of, of getting those things sent to us so that we can share them with you. So that's kind of, kind of where I am on that. I love the interaction that we had. I love the conversations that I had. I truly do appreciate the people that took the time to have those conversations with me. Um, whether they agreed with me, whether they did not, it was, it was great to have those conversations and to kind of wrestle with that and get that out in the open. But let's move on. Let's talk about the cons that are coming up this summer because they are a ton of fun. I want to hear, like I said, I want to hear what cons are your favorite. Tell me about the little cons that are out there that aren't getting much run and I will certainly uh, give you guys some airtime to talk about those and hopefully we can do that in the next episode. All right, that is it. That was quite the episode. Um, thanks so much for listening again. Please check us out at theologyofgames.com. You can read my written review of Dungeon Raiders at theologyofgames.com. I've posted it there. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at theologyofgames.com check us out give us some likes give us some follows uh, if there's one thing you would do for me that would be amazing and awesome i would super appreciate it if you would go on itunes and give us a rating and a subscription and a review just take a, a few seconds to to write the, that review let me know what you think about the show get those ratings in there it helps other people find this show and that helps me continue to produce it so thanks so much once again i'm jeremiah isley and that's how i roll thanks for rolling with us today that's how i roll is produced by jeremiah isley and brought to you by theology of games if you liked what you heard today take a minute to subscribe rate and review us on itunes thanks for tuning in and drive safe